Hey everybody and welcome to a top billing Wild Ride with Stevo. We've got I think the first leading man in major motion pictures that we've ever had. Big time movie star, A-lister, Josh Demel. And man, you wouldn't expect a guy at that level to be so uh, intimate, so open, so honest, so vulnerable. I mean, man, it really, uh, we really open up and, and, and go deep. So strap on your seatbelts, baby. This one's intense. Let's get into it. Well, here we go, man. We'll, we'll dive right in. Let's do it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to pretend to know how to say this guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're in France, I think it's Duhamel, but we've always said Demel. Demel. Demel, yeah. Because our mutual friend, Sam Macaroni, yeah. he, he always called you Josh Demel. Yeah. And then I, I gave him a shout this morning to try to get some inside tips. Yeah. And he, he <laughs> says that you're going to tell me it's Du Hamel. Well, it, it, like I said, the, the proper way is Du Hamel. That's what, the, that's what the French say. But I don't know. We just, we just dropped the H-A somewhere in there. Okay, well then uh, I was I was I would have just said Dumel. Yeah, and then I asked him if you were. Then French. you would have been right, Steve. But <laughs> <laughs> Man, my, our, our buddy Sam Macaroni messed me up. Well, I said, well, is, well, is he French? And he's like, no, he's Dutch. And I'm like, how does that make sense? Well, he said I'm French, or he Dutch. said I'm Dutch. Yeah, I'm, I don't think I have any Dutch in me. <laughs> Man, Sam, oh. now, Damn it. and now I'm, I'm I'm off to a terrible start. You clearly can't it. trust anything <laughs> Sam Macaroni said. Yeah, of course. By not. the way, his his proper pronunciation is macaron. I know. And he goes by macaroni. Right. Why did Why does he go by macaron? It's so much cooler. I I, I can tell you why. <laughs> tell me. Okay. <laughs> because. Uh, there was a project that he and I worked on mm -hmm. many years ago that he is so terribly ashamed of that he doesn't want Google searches oh. to bring up that that, really? that awful project. So he formally changed his name to try to distance wow, himself from it. Now that's I extreme. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, he probably would be mortified that I said that, but he also has been like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's the greatest guy. He really is. And, we and, had a blast in Mexico. Right. We, we were right in the middle of COVID. We shot a movie called Blackout. Yeah, and it was the number one movie on Netflix for It, a it was there. for a minute, yeah. 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 Um, he did a great job on it, but we were, it, it was almost like a, a, a social experiment. It was right in the middle, like the height of COVID. When everybody right. thought you were going to die. But he was able to pull it off where we, we rented this two-star hotel in Mexico City. Kept all the cast, the crew, the staff. Everybody had to be in the bubble, in the bubble inside this thing. We, we, we built out the top two floors for set. One was like a hotel. Or I'm sorry, one was a, a hospital. And the other one was... Uh, I forget what, what they dressed that out as. But... Then everybody stayed in the rooms below that, and they had the chefs and everything stayed in-house. The food was absolutely terrible. <laughs> I was thinking, we're going to Mexico. The food's going to be great. And it was, like, worse than jail slop. Really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. But it was almost, it was, it was so, uh, it, it, like I said, a, almost a social experiment because we all lived together. So if we'd have an idea, we'd, we'd get together every night. And we'd talk about what we're doing, gonna do the next day. We'd go up to the set and we'd, we'd like work things out. And then we'd go in the next day and do it. It was like 
living on the set of a movie. Yeah, very, very literally. Yeah, and it yeah. worked. I mean, it really worked because we were able to do things much more efficiently in the amount of time we had. Yeah. Um, Sam Macaroni, of course, was the director yes. of that movie. I, I've known him for, for the longest time, and uh, his move to be a big director, like, the, it, it was all hinged on this. And I remember, like, when he was... Uh, just agonizing over getting the leading man yeah. and who he was, you know, and and it, when, when he landed you like that. Really? Was, mm -hmm. Wow, that feels good. You know, he got kind of, you know, I hate to say it because Netflix is such a juggernaut, but his movie, the one that he turned in, was a really cool sort of quirky, uh, offbeat version of it. They took it and turned it into a straight action movie. And I felt terrible for him because he he poured his heart out, you know, yeah. editing. If you've directed anything, it's like, you, and you have, yeah. it's like you put everything you have into that edit. You know, you shoot everything you can in the amount of time you've got, and then you just pour over the edit. And, and it completely changed it on him. I, I get that. And at the same time, I think that they understand their business like pretty well yeah. and whatever changes they made to it um evidently worked pretty well because it shot yeah. the movie to the first place yeah yeah it, it, listen they do they definitely know what they're doing yeah they definitely do i mean they've got all the algorithms and all the research right. behind it so they know like what exactly is going to hit to what demographic right um but his was like this cool quirky like I, I, yeah i, I get know, it had, and and i think that uh, hindsight being 2020, that everybody involved is is happy it went the way it went. Yeah. And and that like because you, you work know, for Netflix, don't you? I, I, yeah. I, I don't. But <laughs> right. uh, but but you know even with streamers, the movies it's just high stakes gambling. Yeah. You know it's high stakes gambling, and when you do a project, uh, that. That project is is your only shot at getting another project. Yeah. you know, for a, lo a lot of people. Yeah, but he did so well with house guests. He did so well with house guests, and then that bumped him up to the next level mm -hmm. to get like a real, like legit, yeah. leading man. Well, he's and, a he's a good director. He really is. He's and I guy. love his energy. He's got the best energy. <laughs> he's like that twenty four seven. Yeah, he really is. I don't know how he does it. I don't know. Honestly. Yeah, it, it, it it's incredible. So. um so, so, so now we've got uh, the new Buddy Games, yep. and and it's just debauchery. Yeah, it really is. Well, we're trying to be like you, Steve-O. <laughs> uh, this movie is uh, based on, the first movie was based on something my buddies and I do every year called the Buddy Games, where we get together every third weekend of August and have a weekend of games, from wiffle ball to ping pong to golf. And then we always throw in one or two crazy ass games. Like one year it was uh, human bowling, where we had this giant, probably, probably, you know, inspired by some of the jackass stuff sure. you guys did. Later on, it became more and more crazy. But we had this giant human bowling, where you put this giant piece of visqueen down on this hill, and you go running and you go down. And you have to try to take out as many of these garbage cans as you can. And meanwhile, everybody's got rubber or, or water balloons to chuck at you along the way. And that was one of them. Another year it was you had to stand there in your underwear with a helmet on. The other guy got to stand about 20 yards away with a with a paintball gun and shoot. And if you flinch when you hear the thump, 
you'd lose points. And some of the some of the video that we got from that, I mean, this this whole thing is based on you know these you know now middle aged men, who, for one weekend out of the year, get to go act like sixteen year olds again. Um, our wives hate it, but it it keeps us young in a weird way. Sure. And the movie is based on that. It's it's based on these guys. It's it, it's really based on the friendship and the camaraderie and the brotherhood that these guys have. And, uh, you know, from that comes absolute debauchery. Yeah. And this movie is no different. Yeah, this guy Vinny over here, uh, maybe not quite middle-aged, but but uh, he, li- he likes to keep himself young. We, we, we yeah. just had him on tour, and, and he put together a big package of various items and stuffed it right up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? It keeps me young. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> It's like, a, it's like a cleanse, I guess. Yeah. You know, you we, we, we've had, keep we've had your colon enough. clean. It's the batteries that keeps me charged up. <laughs> yeah, we, we've Is had it a, still up there? No, no. Yeah. Thank God. There's been, been a bunch of episodes where we've just celebrated what was called the prison pocket. Okay. Where he actually, you know, had to go to the jail. The prison pocket being his asshole. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, big time. <laughs> he, he had, he had to go to jail, and, and he had a heroin habit at the time. So when he surrendered to go to jail, he went in with a bunch of stuff up his butt. And we've been so fascinated by it. We've talked about it so much. Just won't we, leave it alone. <laughs> we, say, we say, you know what? Like, can you do a demo? <laughs> so, yeah. We'll celebrate you getting yeah. to Australia. Oh, man. It's just so much fun. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. It's my rocket ship to, to Yeah, fame. I mean, there's, there, maybe, that, maybe that's the next buddy game. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past any of these guys. Sounds like Josh's buddies know how to have a good time, and I can relate, because I'm real good at having a good time. And a good time only gets better with Blue Chew tablets, because, dude, it's got the same active ingredient as both Viagra and Cialis, except it's a fraction of the price. And I'm telling you something about this, it's a lot of fun. And, man, it makes my relationship with my lady a lot more fun candidly plus uh you can get an entire month's supply of these awesome blue chew tablets which are now actually more delicious than ever i've noticed and you can get that entire month's supply completely for free all you pay is five bucks for shipping man what a deal so to get this deal go to bluechew.com and use the promo code stevo for the prescription too you take care of that on the website in a couple minutes easy with their medical provider right on the website that's bluechew.com and with the promo code stevo an entire month supply absolutely for free all you pay is five bucks for shipping so jump on that deal and let's get back to it are these characters in the movie based on like your buddies like, yeah did you match them loosely up loosely per- based i mean nick swartzen's character is is, is pretty closely uh based on um one of my best friends chad bjork who i've known since kindergarten mm-hmm. um uh funny really funny super talented dude uh always always like on the verge of of success but just not hasn't quite made it yet and uh that's bender uh we call him broken man in the second movie or he gets named that by this woke uh, cult that we get uh, captured by. So uh, his name is Broken Man. We've got Kevin Dillon. They call him uh, Beef Chimmy. And we've got uh, Dan Bacadal, who is Swollen Tick. Uh, but, you know, this, this, this second movie is really uh, social commentary in a lot of ways on 
some of the uh, extremes of the uh, woke ideology stuff going on. And we did it in a fun way, a way that's not mean spirited. It's all good hearted, but it, it, you know, I thought, you know, why not? This is this is some of the stuff is really funny, uh, and and I felt like it was ripe for the picking. Sure, and and you directed this yes. as well as the first one. Yes. And and is that your uh, is that your first directing roles? Well, yeah, yeah. The first Buddy Games was my first one, and this is my second. I've done wow. a couple TV things since then, but right, yeah. it was with uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, was... I did uh, Mighty Ducks. Right. Did an episode of that. Um, I have another one I'm going to be doing in in uh, hopefully you know pending the writer strike uh, this fall called Preschool about these two dads who are fighting to get their their child into the last spot in this prestigious LA preschool and it's uh, it's not as as R rated as the Buddy Games movies yeah. but it's a fun it's a fun and funny uh, uh, expose on you know life as a parent trying to get your kid into a preschool how, how- different is being on set when you're the just an actor or actor director is there a difference i mean obviously but like uh, how much more complicated is that it just makes it it, 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 you know it's like uh i i i got into it because i really always felt like i wanted to do it it was something that i always felt like i would have a knack for but never really had the confidence to to do it because i didn't feel like i knew enough Mm -hmm. But as I got further along in this business, I knew that I didn't have to know everything. I just needed a good group of people around me to help sort of make it work and, and let them do their thing. And, and uh, the acting part on camera is probably the part I like the least because I've never been so ill-prepared <laughs> as an actor as I am when I'm directing because you're not thinking about it until it's like time. Maybe that's a good thing because you're, hmm. you're not thinking about it so much. But it is not, it's not my favorite thing. Because you can't see the monitor. You're sitting there on the yeah. screen with other actors acting while you're going, wait, i got to adjust that, i got to adjust this. And you're not really fully in the scene like you should be. I, I would imagine that being the director as well as an actor, that you'd be kind of self-conscious. Because when you're an actor, you can have a relationship with the director where it's understood, hey, if you don't like what you're seeing, you, know, you tell me. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. you, be, you be honest and don't sugarcoat it, you know, like, yeah. get the best out of me. Yep, yep. And when you're the director, you're like... <laughs> uh, you don't have anybody there. But I did have Rachel Thaley, who's been my right hand. Uh, she helped write this last one, actually, along with Gabe McKinley. Uh I trust her, you know. I'm like, right. you got to tell me if I sucked in that last take, please. If there's if there's things that that I need to do better, tell me. You're not gonna hurt my feelings, right? Because I don't have any way to know. I am sitting there on, you know, and, and as an actor, you're there and you don't know until the director tells you, right? But if you're directing it, the only person that can tell me is me. So you need somebody on the behind the monitor that can tell sure. you when you suck, which is often. What's it like directing directing somebody like Nick Swartzen? Is he was there a lot of times where he's like going off script, improving? Because to me, he's like you probably a want him to do that. Legend, all you day, know? every day, he goes off script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I love about him, Nick Swarson. Right. You know, I'm sure you know Nick. For sure. Yeah, we had him on here. Oh yeah, he's he's the, just he's one of my best friends. I just love that guy dearly. He uh, he does. He goes off. He goes off script all day. And, and in fact, he'll come. He'll come on days he's not even working, <clears throat> and and. Uh, 
just just to be there to help punch up scenes mm -hmm. he's that invested in it and yeah. he, he stays really sharp during during production and and he comes up oh my god that dude he comes up with some of the most raunchy shit mm -hmm. there's a scene where i was oftentimes like dude really I don't, I don't think we can do He's like, just do it. It's comedy. You got to go hard. I'm like, okay, I'll trust you. And he, he did this thing. There's a scene in the movie where, where we've been taken sort of captive by this, this, this cultish sort of tribe of people. And they, we realize they're not going to let us go. And he, he's like, just let us go. I will suck all your dicks and eat all your pussies. You don't even have to shower. I'll just go down. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> But that's Nick Swartzen in a yeah. in a nutshell. That guy goes he goes he goes dark. Quick. Did you find any of his improv to fit better than the actual script? Like sure. did you use any of it? Yeah. Oh, all the time. Yeah, 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 this yeah, stuff yeah. is yeah. usually better than anything we would have written. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that he's a really good comic writer. Yeah, he's like, if you buy me a drink, I'll munch your box for a week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's just like yeah, that was like all that. Nick. Yeah. Yeah. What about the uh the scene when uh, he had the boner? Was that you have buddies. I mean, that is that, was, was that based off of that was mine. Actually, that was my idea, and he he went for it. But you know, he makes it. He you know, all the stuff about like, uh, what do he say? This is uh that's called a, an erection. That's what boys get when they wake up in the morning. <laughs> is your is your pussy hard? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's all, Nick. You know, and and thank God he does it because he we want this thing to be hard hitting. You know, I love comedies that are unapologetic and, and, and they go hard in the paint. And he brings that. He really does. Yeah, dude. For sure. I don't yeah. know if you remember the first movie. There was a scene where we had this... The, he, there was this he was trying to make money that so he could... he could Because I made up this excuse not to have him at the buddy games. And we had to... Uh, I told him that this year there's an entry fee. He's like, okay, fine. What is it, 40 bucks? I'm like, that's 10,000 bucks. He's like... Are you kidding me? I can't. So there's a whole montage of him raising the money to be able to mm -hmm. come. And he goes to this, There's he parks his van across the street from these little girls who have a lemonade stand. And he starts talking shit to them back and forth. And he says, he goes, he says, what do you say to him? Uh, you're both, you're, you're both going to be strippers when you grow up. Really bad ones that no one pays to see. <laughs> and... It was so great because they're these two innocent girls that, you know, nobody would get away with except for that dude. Yeah. You know, he's just like, he, 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 for whatever reason, we forgive him for his, his crazy shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> he's genius. Is it true that we read that you were uh, studying to be a dentist? Yes. It was your childhood dream to become a dentist. Well, it wasn't. I don't know. It was a. It was. It was an aspiration. I don't know if it was a dream. It was, not childhood. It, it, Why? What about the mouth? It was pretty early on. I. Don't, I think uh, this is. This is the reason. I think I was always good at drawing and making things with my hands, like clay and you know, painting and things like that. And my mother was at an early age was pushing me to see what I was going to be when I grew up. I'm like, I'm a freshman. I don't know. Uh, in high school. And by my sophomore, this was actually earlier she was pressing me. I was like, I don't know, I'm just a, a pro athlete. Well, that quickly didn't materialize. But I came up with the idea to be a dentist because I could use my abilities with my hands, my artistic, you know, whatever. And I could call myself a, de a doctor. <laughs> and that would make her happy. 
and I didn't have to, the same sort of stress that you would have as a normal doctor and to make mom happy. And, and I really, I, I, I would go, I got my degree in biology, went to Minas State University, got that degree, which was not easy. Uh, went and observed a bunch of different dentists, took the DAT, which is like the MCAT, but for dentists. Um, and then moved to California, you know, telling my mom that I was going to go to dental, I was going to apply to dental school. But meanwhile, I think I always wanted to do what we're doing now and uh, didn't tell her. And then once I got my first job on all my children, she forgot about the dentist thing and she was fine with me being on a soap. <laughs> the, uh, the, the first job, you say all my children. Mm-hmm. But but you're going right past the male model. So. Yeah, well, that, that came really yeah, that came really a little earlier. But right. you know that I was I, I mean was, male model of the year beating Ashton Kutcher. Well, it's, it's a pretty it's big it's deal. It's been sort of blown out of proportion though because yes I won male model of the year at this IMTA convention in New York which is like a bunch of aspiring. I got I got asked to go to this thing, and I was fresh out of North Dakota. I was living in Sacramento. This 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 agent uh, at the time asked me to go to this thing, and they would pay. They would sponsor me to go. I was like, "Hell yeah! I've never been in New York. I'll do that." It was like I think fifteen hundred bucks to to get in. So I went, um, and after a few days, there there was the buzz around. The whole thing was that oh, it's between you and you and this uh, this kid from wherever, and then this kid from Iowa, which was Chris Kutcher at the time. And then it came down to this, this. Uh, Chris Kutcher. Yeah, his, his real name was Chris Kutcher. Wow. Okay. I don't know if he wants me to say that. I that, mean, I love really Ashton. <laughs> I love Ashton, but that was his name at the time, and I think. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm sure Wikipedia he's rich. He doesn't care. Say. He is. Yeah, he's doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. But he. Uh, I probably don't have to tell you this, but Ashton Kutcher is doing just fine because he's a businessman. And I'm also a businessman. And a large part of the reason why I'm doing just fine is ShipStation. Because I built an audience online and I sell products to them. Awesome products like Stevo's butt wipes for your butthole. These are the best butt wipes you can possibly get. And how do you get them? Get them at Stevo.com. And when you order them, I get a little label prints out in my warehouse my warehouse guys take that label and it tells them to put butt wipes for your butthole in the package they put the label on the package and the package goes to you and it is so simple because ShipStation brings in all the various ways of selling if it's Etsy Amazon your own website it all comes right into this interface along with all the ways of shipping stuff FedEx United States Postal Service, UPS. I mean, it's all there and they give you the best rates that are normally reserved for Fortune 500 companies. And if you go to shipstation.com and use the promo code Stevo, you get to try it all out for six months. Free trial, totally for free. And it's risk-free, so there's nothing to lose and there's everything to gain. You could be like Ashton Kutcher and your boy Stevo if you learn how to take advantage of this internet world and e-commerce and the way to do that is with ShipStation so for your 60 day free trial one more time go to ShipStation.com and use the promo code Stevo it's time to make ship happen baby now let's get back to it 
it, it became like the buzz was who's it going to be me or this kid and and it became this it was almost like a beauty pageant we walked the runway in our underwear we did like this we had it's just so ridiculous i look back at it now and you know you say do you have any regrets and most people say i don't regret anything well i regret that (laughs) i mean i wouldn't have brought it up if i just didn't find it so unbelievably awesome that you were a male model so close to the time that Zoolander came out. <laughs> it was like a real life Zoolander. It really was. I look back at it now, and when I won that thing, dude, it was like, I was like Miss America. I, they were holding me up. They should put a sash across my, a, a tr, the whole thing. But it was, uh, it was. I did. I won. You know, is like third runner up is whoever, and then second or first runner up is, and we're both waiting on pins and needles. Chris Kucher and I was like, oh my God, I won male model. How many but, people did you beat out? I don't know. There's a bunch of guys there. Uh, but it, but the, the best part about the story is that right after that, I won it. He took second and he went on to like major stardom right away. 70s show. That 70s show. He did a big Calvin Klein thing. He was yeah, like, yeah. He was dude, like, where, dude mm-hmm. where's my car? Was, yeah, he did yeah. a bunch of stuff. And meanwhile, I didn't get anything for like five years. Hmm. I was so pissed. I was like, "But I'm male model of the year," <laughs> <laughs> and I had to like, I, I had to like beat the streets and 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 I modeled like after that for maybe maybe a year, because I was really bad at it and never got comfortable, you know, taking photos. It was never something I was very good at. I wanted to do TV commercials and and where I could actually do something. Yeah, and and when did the All My Children start? Uh, that started in. Let's see, I won the that in 97 moved to LA I was in I was living in San Francisco at the time uh and then moved to LA lived with my buddies there for a little bit started taking you know really getting into as about the time I'd forgone dental school and really wanted to get into acting and uh I got all my children I think in 99 so about a year and a half of beating the streets in LA and, and ended up getting this this gigs, which made me then move back to New York, so I was oh. there for three years. Um, the, uh, the the commercials thing was is something that you really hung on to. Uh, Macaroni told us that now you've got like a whole company that just makes commercials. Yeah, we have a company called Dakota Media that does. You know, as I'm sure you guys get, you know, people they want you to take a photo with whatever new water or whatever new right, right. thing is out there and I was like well we could do better if we're gonna if I'm gonna sell myself out to do this stuff let's make it cool and interesting and consumable for people that are watching it and it doesn't mm-hmm. look like a straight up I'm getting paid to hold this drink right, right okay. now so the idea came from that and we started shooting this we shot one of them was Hyundai and we, we said well we're gonna go out and we're gonna actually shoot something so we shot this whole two days shooting this little commercial for it which led to the next one, which led to the next one, and now we're doing uh, a lot of really cool stuff, mostly in sports now. It's like branded storytelling. It's not so much commercials as it is like, uh, I, who does a good job of it? Uh, Yeti does a really good job of this stuff, is, is sort of telling a story with Yeti kind of in the background. And so that's kind of what we do. Macaroni didn't get a goddamn thing right. Not one. <laughs> well, there, I guess you could call them commercials. Right. And I would trust me if we got if we got like a you know a Cadillac commercial, we'd be happy to go shoot that. But right. mostly it's we do a lot of stuff for Bobcat. Uh-huh. Uh, 
We just did a really cool thing for the LA Rams in the draft or around the draft. Right, yeah. Um, and then we've got some other. We got Tampa Bay Lightning is another one of their, our, our clients, okay. and we've got some other stuff that's that's coming up that's fun. And I just, I you know, for me, I love the the development, the creative side of it, coming up with ideas, then figuring out how to shoot it, and then going and shooting it, and you know, the, all the process of making something. It keeps you sharp, I think, uh, and it it keeps you uh, creative. And, and it was a it's a good way to to sort of keep doing stuff that I love. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so you said the the Rams and 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 the the Lightning, the Lightning, yeah, and, and and that's right in your wheelhouse, right? You're all about the sports. Yeah, I, I'm a big sports fan. Uh, I'm a big Vikings fan, like Nick. Um, Why the Vikings? Well, the well, I'm, to from South North, I'm, I'm from North Dakota, so it's like uh, you know, it's the, that's the team you root for, and yeah. it's them or the Packers. And I'm certainly not going to root for the Packers. Right. Not a chance. <laughs> Um, yeah, but Nick definitely likes the Vikings. Oh yes, he does. He <laughs> yeah. is he is the number one fan, I believe. Yeah, big time. And um, you were a quarterback in college. I was, I was. Steve, you did your homework for this a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I played quarterback at Minot State University, the, in the town that I grew up. But at the time, we were NAIA Division Two. Thought I was going to be a professional athlete, and then realized I wasn't nearly athletic enough. Uh, but but yeah, that was my that was my you know growing in, in North Dakota. There's not much else to do in the winter, especially. And you're tall. Yeah, I got, I played a lot of hockey growing up too, and I just got too tall and skinny. I, I've been very very uh, vocal about how attractive Tom Brady is. And you might be an even better looking quarterback. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. What was your uh, What was your um, like uh, the most yards you've ever passed for in a game in in college, or what was your like, best game? Um, probably no, not much more than three hundred yards. I mean, my my, my that, but that was not often. We were we were uh, short passing, kind of a West Coast offense kind of thing. But my freshman year, I'll never forget. It was like, this is when I thought, like, oh my god. This is the, I'm gonna I, I, I I'm I'm going to the league. I got put in in the fourth quarter as a freshman, and I threw for I think three or four touchdowns in like 210 yards or something. One quarter. Yeah, it was like <laughs> the, I couldn't. There were just there, everything I threw up they would catch. Yeah, and it was one of those games that you know you never see again. It, you know, and I was probably going against the fourth string defense at the time. So, but I don't like to, you know, leave that part of the story in. What's what's the what's the hardest what's the hardest you've ever been hit as a quarterback? Do you have a a time where you just got your belt? Oh wrong? God, many times. You know, do you ever play football? I was the long snapper and I quit. Okay, so that's all I know. Then I played water polo. Well, I, I remember that for me it was like there's a couple there's a one time in high school and then another time in college where I for sure had a concussion because I remember getting hit and I remember seeing perfectly shaped stars like in a, in a circle and it was like. And at the time, there was no concussion protocol. It was just like, get back in the game, rub some dirt on it, and, and get yeah. out there. Uh, and then again in college, <laughs> my mom my mom was in the stands, and I remember I just got crushed by this big D end. And, uh, and I remember hearing my mom in the <laughs> audience go, oh! Yeah. 
And those are the. I mean, I I was one of those quarterbacks who avoided contact at all costs. I was always trying to. I was like a you slid straight up pocket passer. You know, I wasn't a. I wasn't, a, you know, one of these one of these quarterbacks now that can run and take hits and do the whole thing. I I avoided that. I think Dan Marino <laughs> in his career rushed for a negative number of yardage. Yeah, really? yeah, that was me basically. <laughs> yeah, Steve, what's the hardest you've ever been hit that you saw? Oh you ever, God, you ever seen yeah. stars? Um, or do you just pass straight out? Yeah, I mean, I, like, I think that the most, uh, clearly I was knocked unconscious was uh, on that treadmill in the last Jackass movie. But that's because we're older, you know? Turns but, out you get older, it's a lot easier to knock you yeah. unconscious. But out of your whole career, that's the one? Well, I, when I was in the WWE match, oh. like, I don't remember leaving the ring. Really? Yeah, it was... Um, you, you had a concussion, probably. It was 2006. We were promoting the second Jackass movie, and, and, and so we got... this. We're doing this match, Chris Pontius and I. But I didn't know about wrestling. And, and I didn't know that, that you're supposed to, like, play dead, like, yeah. when the... It's for the match to be over. Yeah. And my natural sort of... When I get hit, it's like I react. You, know, I react you can get back up. Yeah. So, so like what was supposed to be the final thing, like the the Samoan bulldozer, this huge wrestler, three hundred and some pounds, jumps off the top rope and does what's called a splash. He lands yeah. right on me, Ooh. and I'm rolling around like, oh, dude, oh, dude. and that this is offensive to the wrestler because oh. I'm that's not protocol. I'm right. Supposed You're to, supposed to supposed to just lay yeah. still. Yeah. Like, like it's over. It was Rashiki, right? No, it was Umaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, because I was kept moving around, this was offensive to him, and so he had to keep. Yeah. And, and he just kept, and and, and he kept hitting. I'm thinking it's supposed to be over, so I'm like, like stop, stop, please stop. But I'm still moving around, so he keep going. He's hitting you in the face. He he dropped this elbow on me oh. that was so brutal. Dude. I don't remember. Like I don't remember leaving the ring. They they didn't even show the end. Like like it, it got so dark that they that they just the logo came in and they went to commercial. Oh in my! In the middle, of, like uh, they didn't. It didn't end. And it's, what's the next so thing you weird. remember? So there's no footage of me leaving the ring, and I don't remember leaving the ring. And and so yeah, that would probably be the hardest ever. Oh my god! <laughs> what, do you, what do you remember next? I remember the next thing I remember. I was in like a control room. Uh, Chris Pontius uh, describes that we were in this control room and Vince McMahon was in there like, yeah, that was great. Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, interesting. That yeah, you when, must have taken some serious hits, though, yeah. on all the stuff you guys have done over the years. I mean. There, there's been there's been some. Dude, on the first special, Guilty as Charged, oh, dude, when Tim Kennedy, Kennedy dropped me on my head. Oof. You played that off good, but like. I mean, I remember you he, You did it the first time, and it didn't look cool. And then before you went out on stage the second time, you're like, make sure he drops me on my head. And then he, <laughs> and then, and then he walks out, and then, and then Tim's like, what did he say? And I'm like, he said, make sure you do it harder next time and drop him on his head. And he's like, this is a, okay. At the, time, uh, uh, at the time, I think he was a top 10 ranked He's top UFC. five heavyweight UFC fighter at the time. Really? And it was who? Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy. Um, and and uh, so when I wanted him to choke me on, the, the, the bit was I'd cut a lemon in half, squeeze all the lemon juice in my eyes, and then get choked unconscious and dropped on my head. 
And, uh, so during the special... He lifted me up, my feet off the ground, and got me completely unconscious and just dropped me from up there. Oh, and my... My head bounced like God. a basketball off the you're stage. You're so lucky you're still with us. <laughs> and he was out for like 10, 15 seconds during the filming of the special, and which I, we and left then, in. And then I hopped up and just kept on with the act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a you, showman. You didn't even feel your eyes burning. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's true. That's I didn't the crazy even thing. notice the lemon juice when I got up. That's wild. And then at the end of that, Sam Macaroni tasered him while they are asking him questions. Uh, yeah, Sam Macaroni is really a good friend of mine. And, and the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly. Like, Friends like these. <laughs> yeah. The idea was that I was going to um, like set myself on fire and, and something like that, but they really, really shut that down at the theater. So I needed an alternate, like, big, like, stunt ending for the, for the act. And I was like, okay, well, I'll get... Uh, like a shot with a taser with the, the actual wires and the barbs. Oh the, the ones that the police use that go in right. and then... Now, for the ones that the police use, it, it, it gives you 50,000 volts for five seconds. And then the police can hit it again and, and do right. add more five seconds. But the Tim Kennedy told me, he said, I, I, I wasn't able to get the, the law enforcement kind. I got the civilian kind, which is different in that when you shoot it goes for 30 seconds the idea being that like a, 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 like a woman can yeah. shoot her attacker drop the thing and run yeah it just goes for 30 seconds to give 30 seconds to get away <laughs> oh from your God. attacker and so i was like oh man 30 seconds is rough. <laughs> and, and what, we, what we arrived at is that it would be a 30 second q a hosted by sam macaroni <laughs> oh, <laughs> did well i did it was great i i, I was worried that 30 seconds it was just gonna get kind of boring you know like 30 the same thing for 30 seconds oh. so we made it a q a and it was yeah, a Q&A a while you were getting tased? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 seconds of me being 3,000 volts. Like, <laughs> you know, Do you remember what he asked you? I yeah, remember, where are uh, you? like, uh, I think, um, what is your name? Uh, how big is your dick? <laughs> There's, uh, it, it, like, I mean, these are silly questions, but it was really funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Steve, you are... A legend, dude. Ah, oh, well, Derek, thank you, I man. I mean it, man. I, I would never have the balls that you've had. Do well, you still want to do that kind of stuff, or does it, they, is, they, is, are you over you past it now? Like, now I, I incorporate, I mean, at that time, that was my first comedy special, yeah. and it was me, me performing stand-up and then intermittently doing stunts on stage that were kind of or, organic to the act. Yeah. And then um, my next comedy special was was telling stories and and with the footage of the stories edited into it, and then now I'm getting ready to tape my third comedy special, which I filmed all new stuff, and I tell the stories and show the footage. But you didn't actually have to go do it again. I don't do it every night or yeah. anything like that. The, okay. the footage I shoot the footage oh, and then I make the act out I of it. See, so it's I multimedia. See. But you actually go and do still do some of this crazy yeah. stuff. I mean, tell them what we have planned next, the tits. Yeah, the, ne the next one, <laughs> oh, I'm putting, after I tape this next special, which is the bucket list special, then I start putting together the Steve-O's Gone Too Far tour. And that one is me confronting my middle age, lashing out at father time. Yeah. See, like I've got dimples developing. Actually, I already have dimples. 
under my man boobs. This is just what happens. Your body starts to <laughs> Oh, drip. I know, dude. I know. And I'm so mad that, that Father Time has given me man boobs that I'm going to go and try and get them double Ds oh, wait, <laughs> with wait, proper wait. breast surgery. You're going to get breast implants? Yeah, I'll only, keep, I'll, <laughs> I'll only keep them for like three months. You know, like yeah. so, so, so I can film all the all the bits, the vignettes yeah. for, the, for the tour. But yeah, like I, I've got you know like wrink- <laughs> yeah, I got my my wrinkling going on, like my face is you know, and I don't want anyone noticing it, so I got to get a big dick tattooed on my forehead, so that's all anybody sees. Wait, so you really gonna do actual yeah. dick tattooed? I'll end up getting it lasered off, but yeah, I'm gonna properly get still. Yeah. That's a lot of pain to endure. So I got to cut you open and put breasts in and then I do. And so many people are trying to talk me out of getting Like who? Boob jobs. Just people comments from people. Oh. And then there's something that absolutely nobody's trying to talk me out of doing, which is being thoughtful and considerate about the environment by drinking liquid death. Why is it so good for the environment? Because it's all in infinitely recyclable aluminum cans, not plastic, which is destroying the world. You heard about that big plastic island, right? Yeah, it's very real. And liquid death started out with the, the mountain spring water and the sparkling water, then the flavored water. Now they've got these epic 19.2 fluid ounce cans of tea, iced tea. Super healthy, full of vitamins, not a lot of sugar, absolutely delicious. This is the convicted melon. Oh, sorry, this is rest in peach. You got the armless Palmer. I mean, this company is the greatest. And if you order this tea from Liquid Death on Amazon or some of your local retailers, you can get free shipping, which is crazy. Plus, listeners of the Wild Ride podcast can get 20% off of your first order of apparel at liquiddeath.com if you use slash Devo. That's liquiddeath.com com slash stevo for 20 percent off of your first order of apparel and if you haven't seen liquid death apparel it's epic it's hilarious it's epic the social media for this company is like i think they're the most followed beverage drink like i don't know what i mean dude they're killing it so support liquid death by going to liquiddeath.com slash stevo buying the tea on amazon your local retailers just support this company man liquiddeath.com slash stevo now let's get back to it and and they don't Enough. understand that the more they try to tell me not to do it, yeah. the more that it's it. like okay, you're telling me it's awesome yeah you're telling me <laughs> so rad the first the first person who i uh voiced my plan to right when I came up with the idea was Nick Swardson I said to him on the podcast it was like episode number nine in 2020 I said dude I'm, I'm gonna get tits and he goes <laughs> his reaction was so classically just bummed oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I got I got like the, the whole thing is just like uh, the theme of it is confronting my middle age right. and lashing out and, right. and uh, kind of, you know, it feels a little bit like a last hurrah, you know, but, but then again, I don't know. I don't think I can stop being an attention whore. Josh, how did yeah. you confront middle age differently than Steve would approach it? Uh, I try to take a more holistic approach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I heard you talk about yoga. Yeah, tell us about the yoga. How often do you do that? 
Uh, well, like you, I am now a middle-aged man, 50 years old. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard truth to, you know, to come to terms with. And, but at the same time, I think part of the reason is that these movies help, you know, keep that kid alive. But personally, it's like, you know, yoga and it's ice baths and it's acting like an idiot with my buddies. And, and, and yeah. like my dad said, don't let the old man in the door. And hmm. that's, that's a good, that's a, that really stuck with me. It's like, he's, he's right. Don't let the old man in the door because once you do, you, you become that thing that you're sort of avoiding. Yeah. And I'm not going to get man boobs, <laughs> but I do, I do work hard at trying to avoid the, you know, that yeah, inevitable, yeah. uh, that in, 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 inevitable, you know, breast thing that happened to all of us. They right. just start to hang. Yeah. It, it, it sucks. Um, how so why not you... fill them out? It's actually a really good idea. You might, <laughs> yes. you might be on to something. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that like secretly, I'm I'm kind of happy that uh, the, the 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 world's most famous plastic surgeon Terry Dubrow of the show botched. Okay. And this guy fixes yep. everything. He's just the best there is. Yeah. And, and I talked to him about the idea, and he said, "Oh, I mean, I wouldn't put him in, but but uh, I could take him out." And like you know, to to the extent that like taking him out and kind of do, do his thing, I, I could end up. So where are you gonna get him put in? Somewhere in Mexico? I don't know. Who's gonna do know. that? Matt Groening knows the guy. I'm sure. Down yeah, in Mexico. That's uh, Scott's job. Is to yeah, we can find somebody. Have you guys seen the dude on Instagram? I, I forget his name, but he has the butt implant and he does uh. all the crazy stuff. Is that the guy who was always like jogging? He's jogging, or he's running, sprinting, or that's a real butt implant. I think so. Yeah, I don't know if it is, but he, you're talking about the guy who's like he's he did the UFC fight too. Yeah, yeah, he's really funny. It's really he's a funny. UFC right? fighter. No, he's not a fighter. He's just like a social media influencer. Yeah, but he has like these butt implants. And yeah, the, the videos are like really, really funny. <laughs> he always these really tight pants with a with a you know, apple bottom. Yeah, wow, it looks booty. pretty good. <laughs> are, are, are you a, are you a big UFC fan? Yes, huge, Dude, huge UFC it. fan. Yeah. We're heading out there this this week. Who yeah. fights this week? Angela Hill and Mackenzie Dern. Okay. I uh, I'm I'm friends with Angela Hill. Okay. We actually um, commentated for uh, another MMA organization, Cage Warriors. Okay. And uh, I oh, think she was I, on that with you. Yeah, she was. We were on the, the. You had a lot of fun doing that. I had a blast. I think I might do it again on June second. Where? Cage Warriors Angela down in San Diego. Angela Hill. I'm trying to figure out who that is again. Angela Hill. She's she's been prolific. I should know this as I do. I, I literally watch every one of them that comes on. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, she got robbed recently. Mackenzie Dern's the jiu-jitsu girl. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Yeah, is it Angela, Angie? Is it Angie, Angie Overkill? Angie Overkill. Yeah. Oh wait. Yep, Angie Overkill. Okay, yeah, I do know who she is. She's, she's great, great, man. Yeah, I love her. Damn, she's badass. Yeah. Um, so we're hitting a fight this weekend. Yeah, we are. Dude. Yeah, I, ta fight. I talked to Dana the other day. That's so yeah, sick. We're, we're in. Did you uh, Did you see the last Luke Rockhold bare knuckle fight? Oh, I didn't, but uh, I saw him after. Why? Well, yeah. yeah, he took he took a broken he, teeth. Broke two of his teeth or three of his teeth. Uh huh. Surgery yeah. on his lips. I mean, that stuff is no joke. That's dark. The thing is, like, okay, you're gonna go bare knuckle fight Mike Perry. Like, you know, he's not going down. No. The other guy's not going down. It's like, 
I was thinking about the other day. It's like when you have a serving job, you're like fuck, I gotta go to work and serve these assholes. It's like yeah. you know once you're going into those fights, like you are gonna, like yeah. your face is gonna be so yeah. fucked up. Yeah, my like, wife is like, but Rockhold is so cute. Why is he doing that? Right, he is. You know, and she was, and she was like, she was like upset by the fact that this dude was getting in the ring. I was like, easy, easy. I was right. a model in the nineties too. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, Loma fights tonight, right? Where is that? Oh, I guess this probably won't be on tonight, so I'll cut that out. Uh, <laughs> Lomachenko fights uh, Haney tonight in Vegas, I think. Hmm. Lomachenko, I don't know if you follow boxing at all, but Lomachenko to me is the most talented I've ever seen. Yeah. Wow. As far as his skill set. Yeah, I don't really care too much about boxing because whenever I try to watch it, it seems like they're hugging each yeah. other all the time. Yeah, I'm not a have... huge fan either. I'm much more of a UFC fan because yeah. the stakes are so much higher and the skill level. Right. The disciplines these guys have is just... And, it's, and, and, and weirdly, the sportsmanship, the respect. You know, you don't see a lot oh, of that in sports sure. now. In, in the UFC, these guys, you know, they beat the crap out of each other, but they still have a mutual respect that I, just, sure. I think is so cool. Like sharing a ring together is like, yeah, right. You know, no matter yeah. who gets beat, who you know, they, no matter how much they hate each other before, yeah, afterwards, like, I mean, there's like a certain thing, right? Usually, yeah, yeah. normally for, for the most part. <laughs> we we saw something, or I saw something that uh, that really piqued my interest. That you described having a near death experience. Mm. It didn't seem like it was the kind of variety where you left your body and and yeah. Because we're we're super into that. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen the accounts of people who, like, they die, they have this experience mm -hmm. going through the white light and yeah. the life review mm -hmm. and, and all the, and then they come back to their body? Yeah. Like, man, we're into that. Yeah, yeah. I, I read a book called, what was it called? Uh, life many After Lives, life. Many Masters, or? It was about... The Hobbit. I can't remember what they called it now, but it's like basically your body, le you you leave the body, and, and they're 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 able to sort of fly around and see things from from different angles. Until, yeah, right. I can't remember what that's called now. Uh, uh, astral. Astral. Astral projection. Astral projection. That's what it is. Yeah. Read a book on that, and that was crazy to me. It's like I think that's different than the near death experience right. phenomenon. What was yours like? Well, I, mine wasn't mine was not that, but it it was. Uh, I've had a couple, both in both around the ocean. Uh, growing up in North Dakota, we're about as far from any ocean as you can get. So it, it, I'm not. I'm more of a land mammal than I'm a, a mm -hmm. ocean dweller. Uh, but I was in Brazil. Uh, which one are you talking about? The one in Brazil? I I, I saw one. It was you got uh, taken out by a wave. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was in. Uh, well, the first one was in Brazil many years ago. We were shooting a movie called Teresa's there, and I decided to go out body surfing with these dudes from California. And I got and I get out there too far, and I'm trying to you know I learned that I'm supposed to swim underneath the wave and you know let it sort of duck dive. Yeah, duck dive. Well, I wasn't able to get close enough to it to dive under it, and it hit me. Ugh. Got tumbled, got tumbled, got tumbled. Finally, got my way back up to the shore. Boom! Another one hits me, and and. I remember just going, oh my God, this is it. I can't, I'm gonna drown right now. And I remember just fighting my way, fighting my way, and I finally felt felt sand beneath my feet and I was able to walk back to shore. And when I got back, I was, I was, I was so spent, so much adrenaline 
dumped that my body like completely i had to lay there for like 20 minutes before i could get up anymore i've never felt so incapacitated my whole life that was the first time and then the one you're talking about was uh we're we're in the dominican uh on a movie called uh shotgun wedding and and uh they were in this cove this beautiful cove that had this you know, a few days earlier, it was really calm, and I was I jumped off the cliff and went in and swam. They freaked out. They didn't want me to do it, but I was like, it's just a, it's a calm little cove. Well, a few days later, it was really turbulent. I mean, it was like this fishbowl, just just waves, just crashing up against this thing, and they hit the rocks. They'd fly 50 feet in the air. I was just <coughs> mesmerized by this, so I thought I'd go, like, video it in slow motion just to show. Well, this rogue wave comes up, and it was all this, this razor rock all around. It was, like, super sharp rock. And this wave, and I, I have it on video where this wave comes up and hits and comes over the top, and you just see this thing coming. And had I not been stopped by this razor rock, I would have been washed out, and I don't know how they ever would have. Mm-hmm. So you got all me. cut up. I got all, I got really cut up. Um, and it was right in the middle of shooting, so it was like, thankfully I had a bandage on my hand anyway from the for, for uh-huh. a prop, uh, and, it, and I had a big hole in my hand from uh, trying to brace myself, but it was... Uh, that one could have easily had I not been, you know, stopped by that rock, I'd have been washed out. I don't know how they would have ever. And it's it's interesting to me, like, had you um, been really hurt, then that would have presumably uh, voided the insurance on you for the movie, right? Like, isn't that like? I think so. You yeah. get insured. Yeah. I remember when we started doing Jackass. Um, oh, I can't. How do they ever insure those movies, by the way? It's a good question. And I don't know that they did. Um, I think that the first Jackass movie was uh, what do you call a negative pickup. Okay. Yeah, like they created like a ghost company that maybe didn't even exist on paper and like shuttled the money to it and then refilmed the movie. And once nobody died, then Paramount found out about it. <laughs> so you yeah. never really had to insure it. I don't know. And that would have, if there was anything like that going on, it was only for the first movie. Yeah. I, it was, it was by the time the third movie came around, um, I had gotten clean and sober. I asked for the first time, hey, what happens if somebody really gets hurt or killed? <laughs> and they said, oh, uh, they said, it hadn't dawned on you before <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> the answer was standard workman's comp, California workman's comp laws apply in that situation. Huh. And I was like, all right, cool, man. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I didn't really know what that means. But, um, <laughs> But I don't think we necessarily um, kind of go by the standard rules. Yeah. But when we started, Knoxville was shooting um, a, a movie for Disney called Big Trouble. Okay. And um, he was seriously not allowed to do any dangerous stunts. Yeah. While he was on contract for that movie, like... He all he was doing was like the the fake baby, you know, yeah. like with put the fake baby on the roof of the car and then drive away, and like <laughs> all like all like the low impact yeah. or no impact like man on yeah. the street pranks because right. because he's shooting movies. So yeah. I, I can just imagine oh. when you're like I, I don't I don't know if we've had like a actual 
leading man, A-list celebrity. This is exciting, man. What? Like yeah, a, well, on, on I thought you were talking about Knoxville. <laughs> no, you. Uh, yeah, but Knoxville, like uh, Oh, come on now. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the show. You guys have had... We've had, we've had some good guests. Yeah, he's... But, but light on real proper leading men movie stars. Whoa. Yeah. I haven't been called that. You're a leading <laughs> man. I appreciate that. How's it working with somebody like Shia LaBeouf? LaBeouf. LaBeouf. You he's, know, I he, love the, I love Shia. He's uh, uh, clearly insanely talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think misunderstood a lot. I think that he gets a bad rap. I think he does have... You know, when he's not drinking, he's much more yeah. level. And I think that he'd probably be the first one to admit it. Um, but he, you know, he, I just, I, I, I've known him since he was a kid. You know, the first the first Transformers, Transformers. movie, I'll never forget. He's just such a wild card. And that's what I think makes him so great is he shows up at LAX. We're flying to Mexico, White's, or Alamogordo, New Mexico. And it's, I think, the first time I actually met him. And he shows up with a black eye. And we're supposed to start shooting like two days later. I was like, dude, what happened? He's like, oh, these punks that I was at a Dodger game last night. And these guys started talking shit. So I, you know, got it. I was like, yeah, he's down. You can't do that, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. But he is fearless. Yeah. He is truly fearless. He's, uh, you know, I, I got nothing but love for him. Yeah. Do you keep in touch with them? Uh, last time I reached out, I never heard back. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's up to now. And then you're currently on a, a in a movie with uh, Mel Gibson on Netflix. Yes, and, uh, called Bandit. Yeah, the girl who was the uh, the girl next door. Girl next door, Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it working with Mel Gibson? Is Great. He, he's the best. I, again, I think a little bit misunderstood. I know that he's ruffled a lot of feathers over the years with some of the stuff that he's done and said. But uh, my experience with him was great. Yeah, absolute gentleman. Uh, total pro, you know. Uh, I didn't see any of the stuff that, that you hear about. I thought that he was fantastic. And and by the way, one of the gra- I was mostly excited to work with him because he's just one of the greatest directors mm-hmm. of all time. If you think about some of the stuff he's directed, Passion of Christ or Braveheart. Yeah, it's just like it's insane. I just wanted to pick his brain about that. Like, how did you do that? And at a pretty early age. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Those are giant. I mean, Buddy Games is one thing, but Braveheart that's a whole other beast. Did he direct that? Yeah, yeah, for wow. sure. At like, I also read in that his early thirties, I think. Yeah, Kurt Russell, when he was doing Tombstone, the director wasn't doing that well, so he directed it. And they said a lot of people would have gave Kurt Russell credit for directing it, but he didn't want his name on it. He gave the guy, but I mean, something like Tombstone too, directing yeah. that and being the lead. Who directed Kurt Russell? Uh, Kurt, but he, he helped. The story was whoever directed Tombstone. I don't know what it was, deer in the headlights, or it was, it, yeah. so he pretty much directed it, huh. but he was like, I'm not putting my name on this, but everybody on the whole set would have said he was the director. Really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I've never heard that. Yeah. I, do you do social media? Are you on Instagram yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got to get on there. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not as exciting as yours. <laughs> yeah, the last one you did was snorting a worm. That was pretty exciting. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, snorting an earthworm. Yeah, I mean it's an old old footage, but uh, yeah, it didn't perform that well either, man. Come on, that's, <laughs> you took an earthworm up the nostril, and yeah. you, you'd think that's that's gonna get <laughs> yeah. a million you'd, hits. You'd think that would be money. Do it's you a, have uh, plans to direct anymore? Uh, yeah, I'm supposed to do the movie preschool I was telling you about. Uh, that's, that's sometime right. after, whenever the writer's strike is over, we'll we'll be able to do that. 
But yeah, I mean, I, I, lo- I really do love doing it. It's just a lot of work. Yeah. It's so much more work than just going in and, you know, punching your time card as an actor on a, on a movie. It's, it's, it's like you are involved from the very inception all the way through the delivering into the yeah the and, 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 I, and I like that about it I do I like the, the the creative input and the shaping of the story and and being able to sort of because a lot of the times before I'd be like I would be acting in something with some kid who I didn't have any experience I was like why like I I had the experience but I didn't think I trusted it you know and and to to be able to have now done it a couple times uh has given me the confidence, I guess, to, to, to trust that I do know enough and, and know enough to know that I don't have to know everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to do more. Why, do you have an, a project? <laughs> yeah, it equals D. He can direct it for you want. So let me tell you, let me ask you about this. So I have, uh, well, for various reasons, uh, my wife is, is not drinking for the next okay. nine months. <laughs> and I went to Vegas with my buddies last weekend. Okay. We all went. Me, my wife, and their my buddies and their wives. So it was. Uh, I had my spiritual hazmat suit on me. Uh, you can't get in trouble that way. But you know, I I, I decided after this trip that I am done with her too, with with the, with the drinking too. And I got to admit, the last, it's been like four days. Uh-huh. And I'm not a heavy drinker, but I do like to have a drink, right. you know, once, uh, you know, once a night. I like, I like a sugar-free Red Bull vodka around 4.30, maybe another one around 6.30. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then I'm usually done. Depending on it, a couple more shots. But I got to say that it's, you know, the, the these last couple of days, I've really had this urge to, and I was like, I don't have a problem. Maybe I do have a problem, you know. Eat, eat you don't have to be a fall down drunk. I don't think to 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 have a have an issue, and I feel like maybe I do, and and I feel like that alone will enhance my life. People that I know, like you, and are, are you mm-hmm. in yeah. the mm-hmm. program? Yeah. Everybody that I know that's done it. Dax is another one. Dax is a good buddy of mine. Uh, I played golf with Jason Bateman uh, at the AT&T. These guys' lives have just, like, elevated from it. I'm oh, like, dude, maybe there's sure. something to that. Here's the thing. Any other disease, the best you can hope for is to get back to as healthy as you were before you got sick. Yeah. But for us, when we treat our disease, we become a better version of ourselves than we ever were before. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I see that a lot, and and it's just kind of dawned on me recently because I I don't have a drinking problem, and I'm I'm not sure I'm a, maybe I am, uh, but I cl- there's clearly something there that I feel like I want to explore. Yeah, what the potential is, just taking it out. There's different categories of uh, of drinkers. There's uh, what's the first one? Problem drinker. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the, the person who recognizes they have a problem and, and are able to moderate or stop altogether. Mm-hmm. I don't then, remember. And then, uh, and then what, alcoholic, by, defin- by definition, means that, that you, you, you want to stop, but you just can't. Yeah. You know, you've got this powerlessness yeah. to, mm-hmm. to stop. And um, I think it's a little bit... As a rule of thumb, uh, if nobody who's not an alcoholic 
ever wonders if they're an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you have it. Yeah. There you have it. <laughs> that, that could be a rule of thumb. Um, My, mine was like, I was more of like, trying to stop and not and then but i was i was more resentful of myself for like operating at like 60 percent my potential yeah and i felt I like that's where i'm at yeah honestly yeah at the yeah. On, on the other hand though like for example if if you go on any kind of a diet mm-hmm. you know like oh i'm gonna like eat less yeah. you know like as soon as you decide you're on a diet all you can think about is food yeah you right. know so the very act of of seeking to quit like yeah. just makes you obsessed with it yeah that that uh calls to mind the saying what you resist will persist yeah so if you're trying to resist it yeah. then um then that makes it more difficult yeah and i think that for us we call it consider it rather than resisting it we, we surrender yeah to it. yeah you know we we uh surrender and we admit defeat yeah, but it has it has nothing to do with the alcohol or whatever the vice is. It's like, what are you covering up? And so, yeah. like the the very fact of like not medicating or numbing, like mm-hmm. the things that come up, yeah. are the things that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then once you deal with them, your life gets better. <laughs> it's not yeah. like oh, I quit drinking, my life gets better. It's like things are going to come up in your head mm-hmm. where like maybe you're shoving down. And you're probably more able to deal with them. Yeah, but you don't even know what's coming up because you're like, oh, it's, I'm going to have a drink. Yeah, And exactly. then it's like, cool. But then as it comes up, you're like, oh, fuck, what mm-hmm. is that? And then, you know, it might be like a, a fear of directing or whatever the next yeah. week. It's like, then once you're like, oh, wait, what is that? And then you're like, it's plaguing me. And you start talking about it. And then you talk to somebody and it actually has something to do with something else that you fix. That's why your life gets, because the ripple yeah. effect off right. that root cause right is yeah. what makes it better yeah. it's like the thing on the desk with the balls that are hanging like you pull back one ball yeah. and then you let it go but it's actually some like the fourth ball down that pops off yeah. you know right. like right. what's kicking off isn't the actual issue mm-hmm. it's something underneath yeah, yeah I always wish I like you know this alcoholic I am is like I always wish that I worked the steps of the 12 step program before I quit drinking so I, my life could have gotten better and I could have still drank. <laughs> you know, I was always like, fuck, why didn't I do this like when I was like 18? Because then I could still drink and have a good, but like, yeah. that's not. Yeah, mine is, mine's never been the guy who wakes up in the morning and has to continue. Right. But it is yeah. something that, you know, I've become accustomed to having a drink. And it's, and I've realized recently that it's holding me back, you know, and it's, and it's, it's numbing me out to a point where I'm not as present as I need to be. I'm not as creative as I could be, and and you know I could, I'm a, I'll be a better. I'm I'm hoping because of this and dealing with the stuff that will come up and it does it is coming up now because the last few nights I'm like this is normally when I go but what I've done is I've just gone and done yoga instead or mm-hmm. I've gone and worked out instead so I'm trying to do things to replace that three hour gap where I would normally be craving yeah. a, a yeah they they say like in the first couple weeks when you quit drinking it. Uh, and you have that urge, have a piece of chocolate because the sugar is the same okay. sugar that your body's yeah. craving. Huh. That's she's, why. She wants some chocolate. You've they, heard that too? Yeah, yeah I've, at, I've heard that. At AA meetings, they have a lot of cookies and cake around uh, for that reason. Huh. Yeah, it's okay. You know, so to your point, if I do, or you're, I can't, can't remember whose point now. Are you drunk? Yeah, maybe I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't been like, I'm done, you know, because I, I know that if the, the more right. I resist it, the more it'll persist. So it's like, 
I'm just going to try this till January. And hopefully by that time, I'll be past it and I'll have enough distance between me and it that I won't need it. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I get to a place, you know, I, I, the idea of never having one again is a little bit freaky to me, but just taking a break from it for a while and, and doing the work to support it, I think will help. Yeah, they, uh, they, it's something that helped me. It said, if you imagined, you know, all of the laundry that, you know, for the rest of your life, it'd be, yeah. you know, man, there's a lot of laundry, but you do one load at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, not... do you drink during the buddy games? Oh, yeah. So you probably think ahead, like, fuck, well, I'm not going to be able to drink at that buddy game. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, the lake. This, I spent a lot of time at my lake cabin, yeah. and there's always a bush light. Yeah, for sure. It you sounds know? like, but, like, it, it sounds like the scariest situation to me, because... I consider myself so lucky that it got as bad as it did that mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. had to address it. Yeah. You know what? Like the way that I was could not continue. Yeah. It just needed to be addressed. Yeah. It was urgent, and as a result, because I addressed it, here I've like you know been yeah. able to free up so much time and get super focused yeah. and make less mistakes. And, yeah. You but know, do you think you would have addressed it if they if Knoxville and them didn't come and? I mean, dude, they, 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 I was out of gas at the end of the run. Weren't you trying to like? <laughs> weren't you yeah, trying yeah. to like throw yourself off a building I for mean, a yeah, stunt? Like it, it was it was all bad. What, what scares me is the idea of it uh, of kind of having alcoholism just a little bit just enough to interfere with you know like uh, your life interfere with your relationships slow mm -hmm. you down like kind of walking in quicksand a little bit yeah. you know but it's not so bad that it needs to be addressed so it just goes on and on and yeah. on yeah. I feel like I know people who have just had years kind of slip through their fingers yeah. and then the years turn into decades and the next thing you know you're old and you're thinking man like yeah. like uh, I didn't operate at my highest potential yeah yeah. So, it, took, it took me a while to quit drinking because I was like oh there's a wedding in two weeks yeah or there's a friend going away so there, yeah. but there's always something yeah but then again I think it's worth noting that you're evidently doing pretty well <laughs> you know I think that well, it's, it's relative because he's probably like what's my potential if I'm doing this right. well yeah maybe I mean I, I, I am able to, to to accomplish things but I'm not operating as as efficiently as I should be or I mean, could be you feel I, like you're I, eating you know. soup with a fork <laughs> kind of <laughs> I'm still getting full I'm still doing I'm still like I'm still getting stuff done but not as clear headed as I need to be you know I'm a little bit slow in the morning or I'm you know well, not as present as I should be as a father which really yeah, that's, that's, bums uh, me out I'm a good dad but I feel like I could be a really good dad if I were yeah. how old are you kid now? nine ooh okay you know that's uh yeah I mean that that that's that's important. Yeah. Um in uh our beverage program uh -huh. the, the literature is pretty clear that um you know if 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 uh you think you have a problem like you know this is how it works yeah. but but you know if you're not sure then yeah. Yeah, go give it another try, yeah. you know. But if you find yourself going around the loop where you you you, you don't want to drink and you died, ah, I went and did it, you know, yeah. and like and and then you're going, then maybe think about like actually yeah. um, following the path laid out in the yeah. book of the beverage program. Yeah, yeah. 
This, this, this you scene. probably didn't see this interview going this direction. I don't whatever, it's all good. We, we, <laughs> it we seems to happen it. quite a bit with us. I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we love it. Like, like I'm, I'm pretty careful about um, just like if it comes up organically, I'm happy to yeah. talk about it. But I don't like wave yeah. the flag. I don't yeah. lead with it. It's yeah. never my primary purpose. Yeah. Well, and, I think between us, we have 30 years here, right? Yeah. We have 15, yeah. 10, five, five, yeah, 30, yeah, five, wow. 10, 15. You're 15 years clean yeah. now. Wow, damn. Yeah. And it's crazy, huh? That is nuts. Next thing you know, you're the same age as old people. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the truth. Yeah. It was the best thing I could have ever done. Oh, dude. Kind of he used to live it. in a porta potty. Yeah, I lived shoved in a, things up in his butt on the he way still to prison. Stuff up <laughs> yeah, I, saw, I, I lived in a handicap sized porta potty for two years while I was shooting dope. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, and look at me now. <laughs> Still putting stuff stuff up my butt. Where was this? Connecticut. Really? Yeah. And I was comfortable too. Was it like cold? I, I was chilling. Yeah, I was freezing in the winter. That that was Connecticut. Was... That's not Malibu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, see how it goes, man. Yeah. See how it goes, and um, it, it's it's really pretty simple. Like you know, if you decide to dive into the whole thing, we do. We we love welcoming people. And and you know it's like a herd. You want to be in in the herd. Because, yeah. Right in the middle of the herd. Yeah. You yeah. know the predators hate the herd. Yeah. They, you know, they, they want they want to wipe out the, the the injured sick ones that wander off on their own. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we stick together and we stay pretty good. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, man. So uh, so everybody's got to see. Buddy, buddy games. games. Spring Awakening. Buddy game Spring Awakening. It's yeah. a celebration of, of spring break lifestyle. It's a celebration yeah. of uh, maybe growing old, but not growing up. Yeah, and they find themselves in the situation where it's kind of the old guard meets the new guard. You know, mm -hmm. they, they weren't intending on going to spring break, but they kind of end up there in their suits that they were in at the funeral and decide that, you know what? And they get pulled into this, this, this uh, the games were stolen from this guy that banned them from this club way back in the day when they were there and they it becomes this thing which then leads them into this even darker place which is uh extremely funny and uh we touch on some some socially uh provocative stuff which is yeah. which is which but in a really fun way good man yeah. and 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 that uh this will be out this sunday uh friday yes friday it actually comes out friday the 19th of okay. May. Okay, well then there we yeah. there we go. This will be Sunday the twenty first of yes. May. So okay. as this so people can see it now. Yes, they can. They all actually right. can get out there and see it. And then it goes on on all digital platforms, I believe June second. Got it. So But how it goes on digital platforms is is very influenced by how it does in the theaters. Is that true? Yep. It, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 and, and, and it is important yes. to support the movie in theaters for the long-term success of it yeah. in, in all respects. Yeah, I agree. And it's a really fun movie to watch in the theater. We just did it the other night, and it was and people were curled over laughing. So it's a it's, fun movie. The cast, yeah. heavy hitters, yeah. Nick Swartz and Kevin Dillon. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, so to, to support Josh Demel. 
<laughs> yes. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chew Matt Crony's ass off. He's gonna do Hamel. Call it whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. I love it. It's, it's, it's an honor. Thank you for doing hey, this. My yeah, pleasure, this you fun. guys. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Super cool. Thank you. Of course. All right. Sweet. And now we're on the other side. If there's anything that, that you're not comfortable with, let us. No. I'm pretty sure Ashton Kutcher wouldn't mind. No, he's gonna find. Yeah, you know, he's. he's yeah. I've, I've said that. I've said it before. How about that? That guy was a big time movie star. Couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been cooler. Couldn't have been more open and, and vulnerable. I mean, man, I really think that was a special one. And he he did say that he has Instagram, right? So what are you waiting for? Get on over there and let him know how much he impressed you, how much he entertained you, how much he warmed your heart. Yeah, dude, get on it, Street Team. I'd love for him to know how much you all enjoyed that. And I want you to know how much I love you for sticking around to the end. Man, <clears throat> thank you. It's a, win f it's a win for me that you're hearing me say this. I really do love you. Thanks. Bye-bye.